up NBA fans? So today is the last days of NBA games before the All-Star break being today, Wednesday. Um, the trade deadline is behind us and we're gearing up for the final stretch of the NBA regular season. But some drama is still going on with Anthony Davis outside over there in New Orleans with the Pelicans. Uh, we check in on the trade deadline acquisitions this week. We talk a little bit about the All-Star break. Is it a big deal or is it forgetful? Or is it just quite not what it used to be? And also, we'll be talking about the Lakers taking a couple of L's this week. And I'm not just referring to the losses against the Hawks and the loss against the 76ers. So I think this is a good place to start. And the trivia question this week for you, Sean, is as of today, uh, Wednesday before the All-Star break, what are the current Laker odds to make the playoffs according to ESPN? Uh, being they have 25 games left to go here in the regular hmm. season. All right, Alan. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, a percentage. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I figured. Um, well, they're, they're, I know they're at least a few games out of the eighth seed now, and that, that loss to the Hawks probably did not help their chances very much. <laughs> that should have been a gimme for them, especially with LeBron playing those minutes that he did, but we can get into that later. Um, I'm going to go with 12%. 12%. 12%. Yeah, it's not bad. I'll give you another an opportunity right. to make another guess. So oh it's actually wow, under 12%. that is crazy! <laughs> this team has LeBron. <laughs> Wait, okay, eight percent, eight percent, close, close. So according to ESPN, uh, these projections BPI playoff odds came out today. Uh, so the Los Angeles Lakers have a seven point seven percent chance of capturing the eight seed. And if you think that's maybe an outlier in terms of like ESPN's way of coming up with these odds, Basketball Reference has the Lakers at six percent chance to make the now playoffs. that just seems a little insane to me. Like what? So maybe this is more realistic. So uh, five thirty eight, the statistical site with Nate Silver and a bunch of those people. They have the Lakers at 28%. I mean, I I thought it would be low because you asked it, but I would actually put it around there because the team has LeBron. And so your competition right now are the Clippers, who are supposedly much worse than they were before the trade deadline, and the Kings, who are better, but they're still the Kings, and they don't have the King. And I can't believe you'd give LeBron that low of odds um, just because they lost to the Hawks. You know, I mean, yeah, that's bad, but like six, seven percent, that's insane. And these, these, these odds came out today. So that's, I'm not sure how much they weigh in the fact that, you know, the Clippers lost to bias. Um, Pelicans are pretty much out of this. Uh, I guess the only team really in, still in the running is the Kings and the Timberwolves yeah. that would threaten the Lakers. Yeah, um, I just don't. I don't understand how but, it could be that low. Yeah. Like that's a. I feel like I would take those odds. You know. Yeah, if I was the a bet, if I was, no, if I was a betting or, man, or, like I would totally bet on the Lakers making the playoffs if their odds are that low. Yeah, well, we'll see a little bit later. We'll do the. I'll do a full <laughs> breakdown of what the Lakers are looking ahead of themselves with twenty five games left in the re- in their regular season schedule. But first, we got to talk about Anthony Davis because. Anthony Davis is um, the perfect example, I guess, of what happens when a superstar trade demands are just not met midway through the season. Uh, this is, what I guess, what we could have seen if Kyrie Irving had not been traded. Uh, so the Pelicans give us an interesting case study here and 
what happens when you don't meet this superstar <laughs> demands and you end up keeping yeah. him on the team. And what you get is essentially three points on one for nine shooting <laughs> and a loss against the Orlando Magic. And a very interesting quote uh, from Anthony Davis basically saying, we sucked um, and no one was interested in playing tonight. Funny that that came from him. But what do you think about all this drama that occurred this week? With I this mean, man? I don't think any of us expected this to be exactly a welcome back Anthony Davis type of party, you know. Um, he's already turned his yeah. back on the franchise and, and the players, really. I mean, he can explain to them, like, look, like this is my career and, like, I don't want it to affect you guys, but, like, if you bought into me, I'm sorry. Like, that's not really going to cut it, you know? You can't take a team out to dinner and just expect everything to, like, be better all of a sudden. Um, these are all competitive guys, and they all right. want to win just as badly as anybody else. So for you to turn their ba- your back on them, for a guy like Drew Holiday, who has a few years left on his contract there in New Orleans, um, that guy, that's a guy that's not going to be able to compete for a championship in his prime if you leave. So it, it's brutal. Yeah, and it... Yeah, and a lot of these guys are still trying to are still playing to create value for themselves. I mean, Davis, there's no denying he's a top five player and he could score three points <laughs> the rest of the season, but he's still gonna get paid. But a lot of these guys, they're trying to build value on themselves by playing quality basketball. So for the last twenty or so games that the Pelicans have, if this is what you're gonna get, I mean, you're not just affecting yourself here, Anthony Davis. It's you're talking about Alvin Gentry, potentially his job. You're talking about some of these guys who are playing for contracts. Drew Holiday, one of his years in his prime, going mm-hmm. to waste. And even Anthony Davis himself, it's it's kind of crazy because you would think that at the end of the day, at least a player would try to hang on to that to try to keep his career averages up and just go out there and play hard. But obviously, Anthony Davis doesn't seem to care that much. And the, I guess in the long run. These 20 or so games won't ultimately affect those numbers. But just at the end of the year, he's going to look back at this year and kind of um, it's going to stand right. out. And, and he'll get what he wants this summer, more likely than not. He's going to get traded. But it's just so hard to see a team that should be competitive in the playoff hunt. A team that, like we keep talking about, like looked really good at the beginning of the season. And then the injuries happen. Now the drama happened. And now you're talking about how the team wants to tank and not even play Anthony Davis to preserve his health so that they can uh, keep their assets safe, you know, because they just view him as an asset now. Um, With the NBA coming down on them saying, no, you have to play him 25 minutes or more um, for the rest of the regular season um, or else we're going to start fining you um, up, up to a hundred thousand per game, even, um, if he's a healthy scratch or if they keep, uh, continuing to not play him, they could potentially even lose draft picks is what they were threatened with, uh, which is pretty crazy coming f- like directly from the NBA front office. I understand where the NBA comes from. They're like, there's just no way you're going to put out a prime product and just keep it on the shelves and not make it available, uh, for purchase. Yeah. Like that's insane. Like why would somebody ever do that? Um, but at the same time, I mean, this isn't just a product. This is, <laughs> this is a man. This is a human being. And the Pelicans also have to look out for their own interests in terms of their team. Like, they know what the end goal eventually is here at the end of this year. And it's not the playoffs. And it's not a winning record. So, if I'm the Pelicans, I mean, I guess you decided not to trade him. But at the same time, you should be allowed to keep Anthony Davis healthy. You should be allowed to just throw some of your younger players out there. And just play to the end of this season uh, somewhat... Uh, reasonably and and ultimately come out of this year with with a good draft pick. Um, so basically, I guess I'm advocating <laughs> for them to tank. And if they want to tank, I guess they should be allowed to, just like any other team here. 
So I understand where the NBA is coming from, but I'm not so sure I'm on their side on this. I think the Pelicans should be allowed to control the fate of their franchise uh, how they see fit, even if it may ultimately be wrong or or questionable. Oh, I don't know. I just I don't I don't. Do you feel good about saying I think it's okay for Anthony Davis to just sit out the rest of the season as a healthy scratch? I don't. I don't. I don't think yeah, it's okay. Well, that's basically what you said. I don't think it's okay, but. I mean, yes, okay, I don't think it's good, but it's going to have to be okay. I mean, if he's going to go out there and do this, I, I think I'd rather what, have him sit out. talking about just the three-point game he had? Well, I mean, yeah, think the about three the three-point game the, and throwing out yeah, these lousy quotes. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's just going to happen. I mean, that's just the nature of it. They didn't trade him. They could have traded him, but they chose not to because they are willing to take the drama now to get a better return later. That's on the, that's on the organization. And right. it's not like... I don't think this is going to be the norm at all. Like, his first game back, uh, he had 32 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 blocks, and they won that game. So, it's not like every right. game is going to be like the one with the, that happened with the Magic. But right now, I mean, they're just going to have to sort it out a little bit, I guess. Maybe just um, right. reevaluate themselves after the All-Star break. I mean, the All-Star break is probably really well-timed right now because you can sit down with the guys, maybe have like a team huddle, um, sometime during this break and yeah. just figure things out and like guys we gotta keep competing like we're we're professionals you know like this this all sucks right yeah. now but we just have to I mean Washington has so much bad chemistry and they still find ways to stay competitive in most games so if they can do it I feel like New Orleans could do something right. similar I think New Orleans can do it and can figure this out I guess the angle I'm taking is if Anthony Davis doesn't want to play and the Pelicans don't want to play him then I think they should be allowed to just do that and face the consequences of that on their own, which will ultimately be losses. Anthony Davis will hurt his career numbers there. I don't think the NBA should come in here and threaten them with fines and the loss of draft picks, which is a pretty drastic punishment, more higher than anything we've ever seen before. Um, So I I just, I think that's a little too much from coming from the NBA and I understand why they're doing it, but at the same time, I just don't agree with that. I still think Pel- the Pelicans, if they don't want to play Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis doesn't want to play, I think that should be it. And if they can hash it out over time and finish it, finish off the last 20 or so games um, after some sort of team hurrah and, um, and Anthony Davis starts looking at his career more in hindsight, then sure, then they then they, they should mm. be allowed to do that. I just, I, I can't. I can't bring myself to agree with that, man. I need to see Anthony Davis playing basketball. Like, as an NBA fan, I have NBA yeah. League Pass. I have the option to tune into the Pelicans game if I want, but if I know Anthony Davis is a healthy scratch, I sure am not going to go to that game. And no one, definitely no one's going yeah, to mean, the game for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Pelicans got to figure something out with their fan bases. I mean, their tickets are going for like 10 bucks. <laughs> no, dude, I've seen bucks. some for like five <laughs> bucks even. Like <laughs> that's kind of ridiculous when uh, you have Anthony Davis. So they have that to figure themselves out. They got to figure out how to get people onto those seats. And Anthony Davis does isn't the problem nor the solution to that clearly. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I would love to see Anthony Davis back in the playoffs. It was fun to see him last year uh, just upset the Portland Trailblazers and get themselves <laughs> into the second round. But yeah, that, that Anthony, da- mm-hmm. I think that ship of Anthony, that version of Anthony Davis yeah. is long gone. Yeah, which at is least a shame. for this year. And I mean, yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to see how he does in the playoffs next year, maybe with Boston. Um, but with, on the other, 
No I mean, I'm not saying it. it won't happen, but it's likely. You have to, as a Laker fan, I know it's hard to swallow, but I mean, when you look when you look at the pieces, <laughs> and likely, then you look yes. at a guy like Jason Tatum, what he can offer to you as a potential franchise cornerstone, um, him coming out and even saying he wouldn't mind if he was traded for Anthony Davis, which is crazy. It's crazy. Get out of here. Get out of here. Jason no, Tatum. he's not. He's dude. Imagine Jason Tatum <laughs> on this team and you're like, okay, if Kyrie Irving signs long term. I'm not going to be the face of this franchise. And I feel like I can elevate my career to be that guy. And I can do that soon. Like I want to go to a place where I can do that. And new Orleans is that destination. I don't know if Jason, okay. Jason Tatum probably would become the face of the Pelicans, but he's going to be, he's not making the playoffs. Well, on that it depends team. on how much if he improves. Tatum, Drew Holiday. If he can become a superstar there. <laughs> he is no Anthony Davis yet, and I'm not sure he will ever be, at least not on that level. I mean, they're not they're totally different players, but um at least that same level of status in terms of top five player. I don't know yeah. if he could you ever don't like be a that. Core of a... <laughs> uh, but the way he stands right now, as a 16, 16 and seven guy, or seventeen and seven guy, I think he's averaging, he's not gonna get that Pelican scene to the playoffs. He's gonna be a face of a franchise that's deep into the yeah, where it well, is now. Yeah, well, not with the averages the that he's getting right now, but imagine he elevates his game to like 22 points a game, like eight rebounds, six assists. Like that, that's some serious stuff Jason, for Jason Tatum to get to that level, which he has the potential to yeah, do. Yeah, that would be yeah, in, in a couple, couple of years. years. He does have the potential to he do does. that. And you have a core of him, Julius Randle and Drew Holiday. Uh, I mean, there's some potential there. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. some, there's some. Okay, it'd be interesting. Not next year. If that had trade happens, they're not a playoff team next year. At least not a, unless they get all Harford coming alongside with them. Yeah, you get. The well, whole, I mean, you definitely you, gang, you definitely basically. have Jalen Brown along for the ride too. I bet. Um, yeah. But yeah. What do you think of um, the the Bucks co owner getting fined twenty five k for quote tampering like comments against um, per, potentially Anthony Davis coming to Milwaukee, which is one of the destinations that he said he would sign long-term if he was traded to. Is this the same Bucks co-owner that's playing in the Celebrity All-Star oh, game? Mark, yeah, Mark, Mark Larcy. La- La- yeah. Mark Larcy <laughs> is playing in the Celebrity All-Star. Oh, no this is way. what I think should happen. I think they should get Mark Larcy out there and they should get... Um, they should get the Pelicans <laughs> owner out there. Well, the Pelicans yeah, owner is a lot fair. older and a woman. Never mind. Get Mark Larcy out there with Dell Demps out there and hash it out on on oh, the basketball yes. court. Or get Adam Silver yes. out there. Forget this fine. Get Adam Silver in this Celebrity All-Star game and put him on Mark Larcy. That would be epic. That, <laughs> That's that what would I make think that game worth watching if that happened. Yeah. Forget about this fine, this <laughs> stupid fine. 25K. 25K that's and this wasn't even a bad quote man. either, though. Like, anyone no. would say that. That's basically what LeBron said. It's like, yeah, I want Anthony Davis to come play for us. Yeah, I mean, I don't under, I don't really know what to really take away from this quote other than like, well, yeah, yeah of course you would want Anthony Davis. Who would, We want players to come and play in Milwaukee and part of it is you're winning and you're setting a standard for excellence. People see that people want to win. Yes, people want to win, Mark. <laughs> I know you want a player like Anthony Davis. Who wouldn't want one? Um, you got fined 25K, which is pennies <laughs> to you. I don't, I don't know. The only thing I think is get yes. this man on the court with Adam Silver. Forget the fine yes. and hash it out that yeah, way. Yeah, they can go uh, like in like quadruple or nothing on the fine <laughs> as, as stakes for the game. Yeah. Exactly. 
I guess in more seriousness, though, I mean, the, the NBA is just going to do what it's doing. And this is this is a unique problem for the league right now. And it's slowly been building up over the years where players are really becoming players and agents are becoming more aggressive um, in controlling their destinies. And the NBA is just doing what it can and threatening people with fines and draft uh, yeah. picks now. And just laying the hammer down. <laughs> it is what it is. Exactly. They're going to try to stop it, but I think this is opening a new door and I, this isn't going to be the... I think Anthony Davis is just setting up a new pattern of things that we might ultimately see Yeah, it's pretty painful, honestly. I'd rather report on like real basketball news, you know? <laughs> yeah, same here. But uh, let's do that then. On the trade deadline, let's check in on some of these teams. So I only listed some of the teams that kind of make trades that I thought were worthwhile. I'm not going to talk about Nick Stauskas oh, and but, Baldwin. But, <laughs> but Nick Stauskas... <laughs> what, We'll, t- we'll talk, yeah. What we'll- impact they made <laughs> on the four teams oh. they were on. But but let's start with the 76ers who have a 3-1 and one record right now since making that trade for Tobias Harris. Wins against the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, they've, they've looked really good in some of these games. And, and the one they did lose, um, it, it was a little bit of a off night for some of the guys. I, Tobias Harris didn't have a good night. Um, but otherwise, they've looked really good, and it is scary how quickly Tobias and Mike Scott and Bobin have kind of meshed onto this team already. Um, even James Ennis carving out a role for himself. They they look like contenders, honestly. Yeah, they're going to provide some problems for people, and Tobias Harris, I thought, was going to lose a lot of value in terms of numbers. None. Um but they're not quite they're not quite his biggest nights in Clipperland, but they're not far from what he was putting doing night in and night yeah, out. Yeah, like you're Clippers. probably not going to see as many blow up games, but the averages are still very close to what he was doing. And yeah, it's it's amazing to me that they're able to incorporate him so seamlessly um, into an offense where you already had a lot of guys that needed some time on the ball. But it, I think it, I think what it has done yeah. is hurt Jimmy Butler's value a little bit. Um, you're not seeing Jimmy Butler put up the same mm-hmm. types of numbers that you would expect from him. And I, I don't know if it, he's uh, upset with that or not, but if he's not, then I feel like that's a really good thing for this team. Um, if he's willing to take that backseat a little bit as far as being the, a primary scorer, then I, like all bets are off. Like this, this team, sky's the limit. Yeah, and you said it. You said when the trade went down, you said that Tobias was going to mm-hmm. be the third option, not the fourth option. <laughs> and I disagreed with you, but so far, it's, that's what Tobias it's looking like. Tobias has been playing like. too well to be a, the fourth option, honestly. That's all what it came down to. Like, he's just so efficient with his shots. Yeah, he... Exactly. If he continues this, I mean, we've got a small sample size, of course, but he would, he's still going to close with his 20 and, yeah. 20 and 8 average average for this year which I thought that was going to go down under 20 for sure but not by the yeah, looks I mean, of it when so you far. have a guy like Ben Simmons that's such a great facilitator in every sense of the word uh, it makes it so easy for a great three-point shooter like Tobias Harris to just spot up and take it and when you pair him up with JJ Redick yeah. on the floor you have two sharpshooters out there with Butler and Embiid that can also shoot the three what like pretty well um, he's gonna get plenty of looks right so how about the Kings here with the acquisition of Harrison Barnes? Uh, there, I have two and one, but they just lost to the Denver Nuggets. So oh, that's, no, that's a two, actually two. it's two and one because and, um, I added that one in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you updated. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got. Thank it. you for the update. <laughs> Anyways, they're 
<laughs> They're 2-1, and one, and they got off to a hot start against Denver, and Harrison Barnes was a big reason for that, knocking down threes, knocking down mid-ranges, and finding Buddy Heal, and um, being just a good scoring option for De'Aaron Fox as well. Uh, so far, so good, and they they captured that eighth seed. Now it's to, to be determined whether or not they can hold on to that as the Lakers are going to try to hunt that down and take it from yeah, the them. Clippers or maybe the there, Clippers bro. can don't, still hang on. Yeah, don't you, don't you doubt yeah. them. Don't you doubt Zublaka. <laughs> <laughs> Zublaka. I don't doubt the Clippers. I said maybe they're, they're not. I don't think they're going to be as bad like, as you it, think they're going to be. They, that Boston win was unbelievable. Like, I was almost rooting against them because, like, no, I thought we were supposed to tank. I was with the plan. I was with it, guys. <laughs> and now what are you doing? And, you know, I'm going to end up rooting for this team because, you know, they, they have three very talented rookies there. Um, two of the best bench players you could possibly ask for in Lou and Trez, of course. Um, they're just they're an easy mm-hmm. team to root for. So I, I got I got no problems with them winning if that's what they're going to keep doing. But I, I thought that wasn't the plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Kings are taking taking control of their uh, destiny here, trying to make a final push for the playoffs. So, so far, so good for this squad. So, we'll see how they continue to progress. But how about the Toronto Raptors 3-0 and with the big man, mm-hmm. Marcus Gasol, the big Spaniard. Granted, these three games were against so-so team, but still, what I thought Marcus Gasol would bring to this team is just better offensive flow, better team play, and a defensive presses. And um, Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer wrote a great piece of the impact Marcus Saul is having so far on the team. And some snippets from his article is here is before this trade, uh, the Raptors assisted on 54% of their field goals. Since that trade with Marcus Saul, they've now assisted on wow. 71% of their field goals. And, um, and for Marcus Saul, whether or not he's happy with this new team, maybe he, uh, maybe he doesn't like the cold <laughs> or the fact that he has to carry his passport every time he plays an away game. But the Raptors are 42 and 16 right now, and the Grizzlies have only oh. won 45 games in the last two seasons yeah. that he's been on that I think roster. He's all right so with it. <laughs> this team is. Yeah, I think he's uh-huh. good with the wins. Yeah, and then his uh, brother Pau Gasol came out saying that he's happy that Marcus Saul's traded to a contender. Um, yeah, all, all signs look great. And I mean, he's not really getting the minutes that he was getting in Memphis, obviously, but he's doing a lot with it. And that's important for this team is, yeah. um, for him to come off the bench is a big step for him too. Cause this is a guy that is starter worthy. Um, but he's, mm-hmm. he's fit in really well with them so far. And I mean, I don't see the Raptors losing many more games this season. Yeah, it's exciting. So, how about the Lakers? <laughs> 0 and two since acquiring yeah. Reggie Bullock uh, uh, from their team and Mike Muscala. I mean, when you when when you're like one of the worst three point shoot, I don't know what they are right now, but at some point they're the second worst three point shooting team in the league, and you can get two guys that can shoot at least thirty seven percent from three. Yeah, it's a well, pretty big I'm gonna deal. have to stop you there because <laughs> I'm gonna have to take a step back and ask you if you really believe Mike Muscala is worth anything because I watched this man play in, in that Atlanta Hawk game and I was like I how is this guy still in the NBA you know <laughs> the question is how was he actually yes. worth a trade where's Jeremy Land Marcus Moore They're and his cancer yeah. were not worth oh a trade they were, they were all buyout how is Mike Muscala not a buyout candidate no no I'm not yeah. a Mike Muscala fan I thought I still stand by that that, that was, was the terrible. worst trade that went down but you got to move on and you got to look at the positives and Mike Muscala at one point not today but at one point 
was a really <laughs> good point. three-point shooter. Yeah, and it actually it wasn't in man. that Atlanta Hawks game that he played. It, it was in the one against uh, who was the team they lost to before that. Yeah, the 76 Yeah, 76ers? it was against the 76ers. He was terrible. I think he, they sat him out the next game because of that. <laughs> yeah, he cannot guard Joel no. Embiid. He gets and on offense. It's not like he did anything on offense either. He didn't make any threes. I was like, man, I can't believe they're giving this guy minutes. Yeah, I mean, Luke Walton's just got to put his head down and figure some offensive schemes to get these guys open because or else it's too predictable when you just throw. I mean, what other reason would you bring Mike Muscala into the game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're just going to look for him in the corner every time or at the top of the key. So you got to figure out some better offensive schemes to get that man open and utilize him. Um, ultimately, I think he po- he's probably only going to be the type of guy that you bring in for a couple minutes uh, just to get some offense going. And then you ultimately take him out once defense becomes too big of a liability right. here. Um, but transitioning off that, the Lakers are 0-2, but they've taken more than just two <laughs> losses this All week. Kinds. They've had quite the week here. Yeah, they've taken L's across the board. Uh, starting here, let's just start from the from the very first day after the trade deadline, and uh, you know, Anthony Davis was inhabiting. So Magic Johnson joins this team on the East Coast trip, and he gives an interview, really weird uh, <laughs> quote here, but he basically says, "Quit making this about quit making this thinking that these guys are babies because that's what you're treating <laughs> them like." Um, this made headlines, basically calling the media to stop treating the Laker young players like babies and and asking whether or not they're going to be okay with all the rumors and stuff. Well, anyways, whatever Magic Johnson was trying to prove or um, hoorah his players or uh, may stand up for their masculinity, it didn't work because they lost 143 <laughs> to 120, I guess, yeah. the 76ers right. on Which national the 76ers TV. The 76ers are a good team, so you, you could chalk it up to that too. But then the loss of the Hawks after that's got to be like the real coffin nailer right there. Yeah, well, it's back to the 76ers for a little bit, though. It's not the fact that that was the final score. It's just the <laughs> way the loss happened. Like, with five minutes to go, this team <laughs> fell apart. Like, there was nothing happening. Like, Ben Simmons was just laying the ball up. Like, that was mm-hmm. a bad loss in terms of that. But, yes, the Atlanta Hawk loss was a nail in a coffin. Felt felt like, at least for the this part of the season as we head to the All-Star break. So, with that loss, the Lakers are now the 10th seed Ouch. and under 500. And this is the first this is the first time since LeBron James's rookie career that he is under 500 in the wow. month of February. Man, and it doesn't seem like LeBron hasn't really been his, like up to the same energy output that he would normally give in a game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like exactly. there is some blame on his part. Like there must be some sort of leadership gap happening right now because there's no way these t- this team that needs to win so badly should be losing like this. Exactly. And, I mean, when you're talking about lo- losses like this, you got to talk about this score against the Pacers, yep. 136 <laughs> to 94, oh. to add the worst loss to LeBron's oh, career. Absurd. So, when we're talking L's, we're talking big L's, not just not just on the scoreboard. And um, this, is, this is what the Lakers are up against here um, in terms of, like, their playoff odds. And I think that's where the 6% from ESPN comes from. So in order to finish at the eight seed, so right now the eight seed has a 53 win percentage, which is uh, the Kings or could be the Clippers if they win tonight. The Lakers have to go 16 and nine in their last 25 games to hit that 53 win percentage. And their schedule has 12 road games with 15 games against teams over 500 
and 13 of those games are on national TV. So the ads are kind of stacked against him. And on top of that, they have the worst, the fourth most difficult schedule remaining in the yeah, league right now. Yeah, that's really rough. Um, they could have definitely used some help in the buyout market. Um, losing that bid out on Ennis Cantor was huge, I think, um, for a team that gave away yeah. arguably their best center. Um, yeah, now you only have yep. you're stuck with JaVale McGee, Mike Mascala, Tyson Chandler, just a mix of nothing really. Yeah, and this is the frustrating part about them losing this bid is I almost wonder if in the back of the mind Magic Johnson was like, well, it's okay if we're losing Zubak. We might. We're probably going right. to get Ennis. And he just Cantor wanted nothing to do with this drama, this chaos. That I, I have no. to think that's the case because when I think about a team like Portland, like I cannot think of a more steady, consistent, like chemistry-driven team. You know, They've had their core there for a few years now. Um, no one talks about them in national mm-hmm. headlines about like mostly yeah like the Lakers are just mostly negative drama. Uh, nothing for the Trailblazers, just a solid good team. Um, you can add Cantor to that to replace right. Nurkic um, when he gets tired. And um, f- fun fact: the Blazers actually uh, were planning on giving Cantor a four-year, seventy million dollar deal, um, but that's the one that OKC matched um, to keep him on. Oh, yeah, so back, Portland back. wanted him back then, two years ago or so, but uh, OKC kept him away. But now they're getting him back now. They're getting mm-hmm. him back on right. change. Um, yeah, a lot cheaper than the, what he was making. <laughs> so just, yeah, exactly. This is an interesting one, um, and how that's going to affect uh, Portland. So I wonder how they're going to fit him into the rotations there with uh, Zach Collins and Nurkic. Um, and see what he adds to this Portland team in terms of the scoring on the scoring end. Um, I'm curious to see how this yeah, is going to work definitely help out. my fantasy team. But yeah, going going back to the Lakers That's though. True. I mean, yeah, there there's just hasn't been any wins for them. Uh, the media, I mean, that whole thing with Magic Johnson and Ben Simmons, um, where it turned out to be, it turned out to be nothing. Weird. Like at all, like they're claiming that uh, Magic Johnson yeah. tried to like meet up with Ben Simmons and was probably going to talk about how he should come to the Lakers and he'll offer him the world or whatever. But not, none of that was actually true. And he, even Elton Brand came out and said nothing was true. Um, that Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah, this, crazy. This, it's almost like the media wants the Lakers to both win and lose simultaneously, you know? Because you, you look on ESPN yeah. and you're like, okay, all they're talking about is uh, scenarios where the Lakers win. Um, and then you go kind of things like this. It's like, yeah, we're looking at Magic Johnson being a scumbag. It's like their story is just <laughs> spanning all over the place. I can't even I can't even keep track of them all. Exactly. And this has to have an impact on this team's psyche. Like it just there's no way that it doesn't. I mean, these guys are so I'm sure LeBron is like, oh, bullet, yeah, like he doesn't at least I would think so. But uh, or yeah. he come, tries to come off. But, I mean, Kyle Kuzma, Ingram, I mean, these dudes are all under 23. Well, Kyle Kuzma's 23, but point point being, these guys are young, low, right. early 20s. I wouldn't 20s, know what like, to do with this when I was 23. Some, like, you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then on top of that, you got strong uh, reactions and rumors spreading that Luke Walton's yeah. uh, job is on the line. So much so that an anonymous, anonymous source um, – Basically gave to- quotes to the L.A. Times uh, speaking about how nothing is going to happen uh, with Luke and there hasn't been any talk about it and there won't be any talks about it. And I mean, Jeannie Buzz has defended 
Luke, um, just maybe like two weeks ago on the Zach Lowe Post podcast, uh, basically advocating that Luke Walton is going to finish the season. Um, but, I mean, you got this stuff yeah. coming out, and you got Magic Johnson <laughs> in this episode with yeah. Ben Simmons. I mean, I, can't, uh, I cannot see Luke Walton stuff. leaving at this point. Do you? Can you imagine the drama that would ensue after firing the like it it's already really it's already so effect. bad like you do not need to add to the fire at this point it is burning hot and yeah firing luke walton yeah. would just like there'd be no chance of them making the playoffs after that yeah i mean yeah not only just basketball wise but symbolic it's like you're symbolically just throwing the right. towel and with 25 games to go you're gonna yeah, hire a good new coach. no way not gonna happen oh man yeah, though I will say I do think part of it is true because at the end of the day, Luke Walton was Genie Buss's hire, um, not Magic Johnson's hire. So, and Magic Johnson traded away D'Angelo Russell, who wasn't his draft pick, and, and now this happened. dude's an yep. All Star. So, and, yeah, there was a Bleacher Report article yeah. about Isaiah or um, about D'Angelo Russell um, that posted earlier today. That was a good yeah. one, and, and, and yeah, it just goes to show like. Yeah, he's like, man, I'm glad I left the Lakers. Like, if they if they weren't gonna trade me right. then, they're definitely gonna trade me now for Anthony Davis. And I, yeah, he's just so stoked to not have to be a part of this cluster that they are dealing with right now. And he's been able to focus <laughs> on basketball and making a name for himself, um, which is something that these Lake other yeah, Laker I, young guys can't do. Yeah, and this this is the tough part. And I really hope that this isn't a sign that. Uh, the Lakers are spiring out of control and becoming the next New York Woof. Knicks, basically <laughs> just a franchise that or a team that just becomes the butt of the jokes hey, year but the in and year are out. Get KD next season. <laughs> we'll see about Dude, that. Did That's you see? Laughable. All right, I'm gonna anyway, add this to the oh yeah for the big deal forgetful page um, that we're going through right now. Um, the Knicks on their uh, season ticket renewals had a picture of KD. Oh, on on like the graphic. <laughs> For the advertisement, is that a big deal? You know what? That's completely no. forgetful. But, 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 what made what is actually going to make this a big deal, which it is now, is that the freaking New York Knicks actually released a press statement <laughs> to 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 the to dismiss the notions and the rumors that they purposely or consciously. Added Kevin Durant <laughs> to this market. Like, why did they do that? Why? They're like, it, it, it was just something. a joke or it was funny. <laughs> yeah, I I don't understand. So yeah. that kind of made it a big deal because then they made it official and they acknowledged <laughs> that they recognized that Kevin Durant. And now we're left to say, okay, well, are they lying with this uh-huh. press statement or not? When this story probably would have oh, just man. been forgotten about. That's so funny. It's that it, it has to be too much of a coincidence to not be something, you know. <laughs> I mean, now now I'm thinking about it more because they actually came out with this press statement because yeah. maybe they're panicking like, oh, yeah, shit, they, they, they yeah, figured they us us. out. <laughs> we weren't exactly being sneaky <laughs> yeah. with it, but. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a weird story, but it, I, I'm going to yeah. say it's a big deal. First, I was laughing it off, forgetful, but oh, man. that press yeah. statement this, made me laugh a little bit. This could be a, a big bit. deal, man. I, I, I love it. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, so tampering, much tampering man, this season. Tampering. That's the that is like the theme of 2018-2019. Yeah, so this is I before just going back to Magic Johnson, four players Magic Johnson has now been found for tampering with in his <laughs> yeah. short NBA president career. Giannis, Paul George, Ben Simmons, and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Um 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Rookie I mistake, guess, I guess. Or he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, he's not, and he's not very, very good, good at hiding yeah. it. <laughs> so another let's go big deal for Getful. Paul Gasol requested a trade prior to the tr- to the trade yeah, deadline. Here. I think this is forgetful. Um, the man's <laughs> making sixteen million a year, which I mean we talked about this in the off season show last year. How this was probably the worst contract. Um, that came out. I mean, even amongst ones like Tim Hardaway Jr. and stuff like that. Like this Pau Gasol contract has to be the most absurd thing. The man's so old. He's like what thirty eight years old now, still making sixteen million. Yes. And yeah, we're, who who's gonna trade for him? You know, like who who could possibly have that sort of cap space to give you sixteen million dollars worth of value in return um, for Pau Gasol, who is not gonna add right. much value to your team at this point in his career. Yeah, I have no idea how this contract got signed. Pau I want Pau Gasol's Spurs, agent, man. <laughs> exactly. Like, the signs were there that this guy's career was really on the on the trending down. I mean, hell, you could just blindfold somebody and he doesn't even have to look at Pau Gasol. Yeah, just tell right. him his age. That's yeah, all man. you need to know. I mean, he's no Kobe Bryant. Um, I mean, Kobe Bryant, he, he definitely didn't deserve his, like, $25 million a year he was getting at the end of his contract, but... He's Kobe Bryant, and you know he adds value to yeah, your he franchise. Puts butts in the seats. You could even, yeah, you could give the value to the franchise argument, but Pau Gasol does not offer any value to this franchise anymore. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how that trade happened. I mean, how that contract got signed, but it did. And I mean, I think you could have taken ten people, and nine out of the ten would have told you this is probably <laughs> the likely outcome of right. where we are now, where the Spurs aren't really playing this man. He's unhappy, yeah. uh, but they have to pay him, and it's impossible to move this guy. Dude's making $16 million. I'm yeah. not I'll feel bad. <laughs> That's true. He probably... Well, yeah, it's probably not too bad. How about this? Isaiah Thomas made his debut tonight against the Sacramento Kings, going playing for 13 minutes, 8 points, 2 assists, and 3, three for 6 shooting. Uh... Yeah, he what looks, do you think? Is that a big deal rusty. for you? <laughs> uh, I thought it was going to be a bigger deal. I really, I was hoping he would come out the Marcus Cousins style and just throw up like 15 or 17 points out there on like 50% shooting, but you know, it ended up being the more likely outcome, <laughs> yeah, which you no, predicted that, that, That's exactly correctly. what I was leading into because in my opinion, I think this is a big <laughs> deal because... Uh, unbeknownst to our listeners, we made a bet before the game of uh, what kind of production Isaiah Thomas would come out with, and I almost nailed it right on the dot. I said tw- 12 minutes, 5 <laughs> points on 2 of 4 shooting. I missed it by 1 minute and 1 shot, basically. So, uh, I mean, I want to pat myself on the back, but you do owe me a beer now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I, I was kind of reaching for the stars there. Like, I mean, come on. You, you really like, were. DeMarcus Cousins is an I mean, almost yeah, seven-footer. It was an footer. easy bet for me to make because yeah. it would have been amazing if Isaiah Thomas just came out guns a-blazing. But there, I just there was no way this man was going to get significant minutes after being off for 11 months with uh, hip, that's hip surgery. Right, and and you could tell that first quarter when he came in, he came in maybe with like three minutes left to go in the first, and he threw up a three pointer at the top of the key, I think, oh, and it went yeah. like far right, <laughs> far left, like it, yeah, those it first was shot just a total jitters, break. Man. I'm sure they're they're a big deal. Yeah, but it was cool. I mean, Denver gave him the standing ovation, yeah. rightfully so, um, and he could potentially be a huge pickup here um, as they get closer to playoff time. 
but it does look like it's going to take him some time. He put he put some good shots up there. They were wide mm-hmm. open, though. But the Isaiah Thomas, I was kicking, breaking the defense down and kicking it back out and throwing floaters and mid-range. Like, that wasn't there tonight, but not to say that it, it won't be there maybe in a, in a, right. in a month no, or so. I'm stoked to see him back on the floor. I mean, we didn't know exactly what the timetable was for him uh, before just a few days ago. Um, then when we heard that he might play on Wednesday, like, that's awesome. So, yeah, hopefully you can carve out some minutes. You know what's yeah. funny, though? That Woj tweet said exactly today what it was going to play, and then Mike Malone right, came yeah, out he's and like, contradicted no. it. <laughs> How and, do you uh, know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So that was kind of that's, – that's a little funny, and I hope somebody brought it up in that post-game yeah. <laughs> uh, conference of this game. I that, doubt but it. I doubt it, but – I mean, just goes to show you, Woj got hit the nail yeah. on the head Wo- with this Woj one. is the most reputable uh, source of our era. He's he's great. He's a, he's a national treasure. Right. <laughs> so how about the buyout market? So some guys are already off the buyout market here. Well, actually, the most quality guys are. And it's Cantor joins Portland. Uh, we've talked about him a little bit. Wes Matthew joins the Indiana Pacers. Wayne Ellington signs with the Pistons. Jeremy Lin is getting his buyout. And all signs point that he'll he'll sign with Toronto. And Nick Stauskas... Um, is going to <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers by the Cleveland Cavaliers at the trade deadline. He's back. <laughs> He's back. He's back. So who here do you think is actually a big deal? Um, and I guess by default, then everybody else. All right. I'm, I, I, how about, how about I order them one through five for you? All right. I'm going to go number right. one, actually Jeremy Lin. Um, and we'll get, I mean, uh, touching on okay. the injury report a little bit. Fred Van Fleet's out for a while now. Um, so they need a backup point guard and you bring in Jeremy Lin right on time pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I was mm-hmm. not aware so of that's, that. That's so huge uh, that... for them to have a backup to Kyle Lowry now. And Jeremy Lin's playing quality basketball this year, quality backup minutes behind Trey Young in Atlanta. And they'll do the same for uh, Lowry in Toronto. Yeah. Jeremy Lin is not... not a bad player. He's decent. He's had a, Couple of years, perennially injuries, underrated. But yeah, I yeah, think I'll, cool. I'll agree with you. And then uh, number two, yeah. I'm actually going Wes Matthews with the Pacers. Um, they they needed someone to start besides Edmund Sumner, um, in in the absence of Oladipo. And you know what, Wes Matthews is a quality basketball player in this league. I mean, he had a, a brief stint um in New York, which I mean, I, I don't think he even played a game for them. Uh, I think he was bought out immediately. But mm. I mean, with Dallas, he was a starter for them. And so just to add him onto this Pacers squad, that's just still one of the deepest teams in the league as far as their rotation goes. Um, That's a quality piece for them to stay competitive amongst the top four teams in the East as far as talent. Um, They're still at the third seed, Um, so they're still winning games. And Wes Matthews being inserted to the starting lineup is a big deal. Yeah. Okay, uh, I think uh, I think I'd swap yeah. in his cancer there. Well, I'd the reason I, reason two. I have cancer I'm, I'm, three, I'm interested um, behind West Matthews is because he's going to be a bench player for Portland. Um, what, true. which it's like true. kind of contradicts my logic of Jeremy Lin being number one, but it's based off of need, and they needed a backup point guard pretty badly because Fred VanVleet just got hurt. Uh, but Portland could have ran with right. Zach Collins at center behind Nurkic if they wanted to, but Cantor is a better option, I think, for them. Um, so there, there's an argument that could be made that he's more important than Wes Matthews, though. I can see your point. Yeah, I, I'm just a little curious of what this is going to do. I mean, I think Ennis Cantor's still a quality player. I can't believe, you know, like I said earlier, Mike Muscala <laughs> was traded, but right, Ennis Cantor yeah. was bought I mean, out. It, it also helps that Mike Muscala is definitely not making as much money as Cantor was. 
Um, yeah. True. And then four exactly. is Wayne Ellington and five is Nick Stauskas. Um, both of little consequence, both forgetful. Right. I, I guess Wayne Ellington kind of made himself forgetful because I think he could have probably been a big deal acquisition for some other team like the Lakers right. or, um, I don't know, Utah could use yeah, some sure. shooting Yeah, sure. I mean, the Pistons, well. they just got Svi Mikhailuk, who is a shooter, and they have Luke Kennard, who's a shooter. So I, I didn't really need Wayne Ellington, per se. And he, I, I agree, he definitely would have fit better with another team, potentially. Um, but I think any situation for him is better than what he had in Miami, which was getting DNP coaches' decisions. Yeah, and he he can he can he he should be getting some yeah. minutes somewhere. And then Nick Stauskas, I'm just glad he's part of a team, man. Someone needs to sign <laughs> Wade Baldwin now because I feel bad for that guy too. He, this is this is a clear this man is a clear sign of why you shouldn't. Um, Use the first game of the year. Yes, remember size. that. Remember that. Yeah, he went <laughs> off against the Lakers, and you're like, "Is this scout?" And you're like, "Is this Sauskis going to be that guy that is like steps up for this Portland team and puts him over the top?" <laughs> and we're, I think we ultimately decided <laughs> no way, which is good. Yeah, because yeah, this happened. <laughs> exactly. Then again, there always seems to be one guard that just goes off against the Lakers. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't take much to go seems off against to be the Lakers. Terrible, so. Yeah. Well, how about the injury report? Josh Hart, another injury off to the Lakers roster, out through the All Star break with patellar tendonitis. So the break is hitting at a perfect time right now for the Lakers to not only regroup but hopefully get some health back under them. Uh, including with Lonzo Ball and right. here with Josh Hart, but Fred Van Fleet missing five weeks with thumb mm. with it with his thumb injury. Yeah, that, that's Ouch, gonna so, hurt. But I mean, I he'll mean, be back for playoffs, which is important. He might be a little rusty after five weeks off, but um, hopefully he'll be the same player he was before because he was playing really well for this team prior to this injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully he's back. Nice and healthy, but uh, I don't know yeah, if we I talked we about it this last week. I think we, yeah, we forgot we only talked John about Wall. trade deadline stuff, but yeah, John Wall. Um, I've fallen and I can't get up. Ruptures his Achilles tendon, slipping, quote unquote, in his house, and um, just underwent successful is- surgery, I guess, which is good news. And now he'll be out twelve full months. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Essentially, John Wall and Victor Oladipo will be coming back at the same. I think. Time, oh, I maybe, think right? Oladipo is going to come back first, because this is a full oh, okay. year, and I imagine by this point the Wizards are going to be so far out of the playoffs they're just going to sit him the rest of the season. Like this is bad. This is crazy. I I just I was speechless <laughs> when I saw this come through. I had, I almost felt right? like it was a joke. Like in really, I was like, "There's no way how." Like this is, yeah. I don't know. It's crazy, but and the crazier thing is just because I th- we think we know the context that he slipped at his house, but that it just seems, seems completely yeah, off. That just I've doesn't seem and I can't real. Get up. Like life alert status type of injury right here. Yeah, there has to be a bigger story behind it, and I'm sure there is, and we probably won't hear about it. Uh, I don't know, maybe yeah. five years or so, those, <laughs> ten years, when somebody writes like a book on it. It's like one of those stories it. where, like, you like cut yourself, like chopping some garlic or something, like, and you cut yourself really badly, and then like your friends ask you, like, what happened, and you say you got in a fight instead of like saying you like <laughs> hurt yourself in the kitchen or something. <laughs> right. This is. I mean, I mean, even if this is a lie, 
Why didn't they come <laughs> yeah. up with a better one? <laughs> like, this is just, it's such a pathetic sounding injury. It's like, dude, you were just yeah. in your house. Like, you're a professional athlete, you're one of the most fit people in the world. You can't just go rupturing your Achilles doing nothing. Yeah, there's got to be more to it. Like, I, maybe he was playing pickup basketball um, and he wasn't supposed to be because of the injury he 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 had from the surgery he had um i don't know i'm i like to think he was doing something <laughs> wild like he went right. snowboarding and just was like trying to this insane <laughs> jump yeah and his friends told and and he was like no you know i can't do this my claws uh-huh. and my contract and i just had bone spur surgery uh, this yeah. is insane and I yeah don't know. Th- his super max kicks in next year so yeah you're you're paying a man 40 million dollars to do nothing yeah, this has to be just a bad, bad story oh, nightmare man. for the Washington Wizards. Like, this is like so much beyond <laughs> predictability. Like, there's no way you right. could predict yeah, this. Yeah, you definitely don't predict this. And then John Wall hasn't had like that type of injury history where you think, like, oh, yeah, we can't give him the Supermax because he's going to get injured all the time. It's not one with like Joel Embiid's contract where you have a bunch of um, clauses in there that say if you don't play this amount of games, we don't have to pay you the full amount. So, yeah, you you are stuck paying this guy for doing nothing. Yeah, it's kind of funny. 2016, what a year. You had Isaiah Thomas's MVP candidate and John Wall, arguably Mm -hmm. one of the best top three point guards in the league. Uh, How fast things change, Man, what happened there? Why didn't Isaiah? (laughs) It's crazy how fast things change in this league. How unforgiving it is. Isaiah Thomas was on the verge of a max deal. Uh, Yep. John Wall, John Wall got it. Yeah, got he it. got it right, right at the buzzer <laughs> there. Yeah, unreal, man, unreal. So I think, I think this is safe to say we probably will never talk about John Wall being a top three, not even top five. Yeah, so point you, guard so in this you don't think he's going to get back again. up to form after this injury? I don't think. I I think the the twenty two and eleven John Wall that we saw in twenty sixteen. I think it's long gone. I don't think man, we're going to see that's that really again. That's really sad to think about now you put it in that perspective. Like, the man's career is just, that's it. Like, we saw the best of it already. Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's done yeah, it's yet, not but done, I think but we've seen yeah. the best you, of you it. You are right, yeah. What's thing, what are things going to look like in 2020? It's like, yeah, who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Well, let's talk about some of the teams that have caught fire. And one of them is, of course, the Orlando Magic, who <laughs> of course. rode their, their wagon of Wigan <laughs> into New Orleans and and gave Anthony Davis and his Pelicans a beating here. Uh, they're on a four-game <laughs> winning streak, winning six of the last seven. I did realize that I said, obviously, obviously the, the Orlando, Orlando Magic, Magic are a hot <laughs> team. Man, this is ridiculous. I thought this team was out of it, you know? And they were like 10 games below 500 at one point. And now they're one game out of the eighth seed, which, I mean, isn't that impressive in the East because only six teams have a 500 record or better. But, I mean, <laughs> we talk about just making right. the playoffs. I mean, the, that is a big deal. Like, this this team is still competitive, still, yep. still gunning for it. They're not tanking at all. Um, it's not like they made any huge moves either way at the trade deadline. So they're still the same team, still, still uh, trying to win. Um, no one more than Nikola Vucevic. And... 
this guy, Jonathan Isaac, uh, second-year player um, who they drafted highly last year, uh, he's actually had a pretty good February, breaking out a little bit with 14.5 points per game, 6.3 rebounds per game, and most importantly, three blocks per game um, in the month of February, which... Uh, that, those are some solid numbers um, from one of your secondary guys. Yeah, he's an mm-hmm. athletic yeah, phenom. The, yeah, athletic <laughs> phenom. yeah, and it kind of it goes to show why maybe they're willing to part ways with uh, some of their guys like Vucevic um, because they have guys like Isaac that they feel that they can tr- uh, believe in uh, for future years. Right, and I think low-key that it's kind of surprising they're on this street considering they lost Mo Bamba too. Right. Uh, to injury yeah, and he was never a really here. a uh, huge part of their lineup. I mean, he he got significant minutes here and there, but I mean, he was never a starter. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad to see because they, they're not that awful on, in terms on of paper. on paper. Uh, you, but somehow they just haven't really been able to piece it together. Um, but hey. They're on a good run. And Jonathan Isaac, I think, is looking like he's going to be a good player. I mean, he's been up and down really bad this year, but looks like he put, he's put together a good February. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Marvin Bagley, mm-hmm. too. Marvin Bagley um, has been on and off at this season, but he's had a lot. He's had a couple. He's put together a good string of, of games the last couple of weeks, and I think it just goes to some of these young guys just needs a little yeah, bit of patience. They're, they're, they're not going to be consistent. I mean, you see all the same thing with D'Angelo Russell, right? Like he had flashes of greatness and True. terrible games for his first three years in, in LA, and and now you're now you look at him on the Nets and he's an All Star. Just took him four years. Yeah, <laughs> How about oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it takes time, man. OKC four game winning streak, winning eleven of the last twelve here, Oklahoma City, and Russell Westbrook is on his verge of potentially averaging a triple double right. again for three years consecutively. <laughs> and somehow That's it's insane. less news than it was the first two years. The first year, huge deal. Yeah, it yeah. just progressively. Second year, oh, that's cool. Third year, oh wait, he is. Oh, okay. It, it's crazy <laughs> to me how the the how belittled he has made this stat seem because it's just second nature for him to get triple doubles every night. Right. And if you want to look at if, you know, maybe, maybe you can make the argument, oh, well, it's a lot easier to do that this year. Sure. Maybe, but there is no <laughs> yeah. close second right. to averaging a triple double. Like there's no guy out there that you're like, oh, this guy is super close to just getting there. I mean, sure. Ben Simmons, Joe kick have, uh, solid averages across the board, but they're still not at triple right. double. And then we we need to talk about this this next guy because I don't feel like we've really given him enough love on the podcast yet, and that's Paul George. Paul George, yeah, as it might seem weird to say, is playing like an MVP right now. He's averaging thirty nine point seven points a game, seven point eight rebounds, four point eight assists in the month of February, which are just gaudy numbers to think about and yeah. Russell Westbrook's shooting has degraded but it hasn't mattered because Paul George has been so efficient so lethal from any distance and he's just making everything happen for this team as much as Russell Westbrook is or, or more even so I have to ask you Alan where yeah. is Paul George in your MVP conversation you know I haven't really taken a serious look at Paul George in, in that aspect. And I got to admit that I am wrong. I was, I've been wrong on Paul George. You know, when he came into this year, 
I thought Paul George was the most <laughs> overrated player in terms of like where he was in yeah, pre right. preseason yeah, then we rankings. Saw him in draft boards were like, um, why is Paul George being drafted so high? Yeah, exactly. ESPN had him, I think, in the top 15. Yeah. I thought, you know what? There's no way Paul George is a top 15 player anymore. And not only is Paul George playing just as good as Indiana, he was in Indiana, mm-hmm. he's playing even better yeah. than that. Um, so we've actually seen the best version of Paul George of his career at this point. Um, and this is post that awful injury. So, I mean, I think that that's that's great. And that's, that's awesome to see that. Um, I was wrong <laughs> about him and... And even now, I still have, feel like I haven't given him enough uh, props. You're right, because I haven't really um, added, thought about him in terms of like my top five picks for MVP this year. But this, this is these are good numbers, and the OKC are hanging on for that third seed, even despite they're about to hit a really tough stretch in terms of their schedule to close out this year. But if they keep putting performances like this and hanging on with the win streak, like they might just walk out of here with yeah, the third Yeah, I mean, seed. it's more likely than not at this point. And if the Nuggets make any kind of slip-up, the, the OKC Thunder are going to be right on their heels because they're, they're not going to lose yeah. many more games with the way they're playing right now. So, I mean, but does that mean that... So you do put Paul George in your top five MVP candidates right now? I mean, if we're looking at it power ranking wise, I mean, yeah, yeah. you got to put him out there. He's had a he's put together a good string of of games the last two weeks. So, yeah, does that mean he'll be there at the end of the year? I'm not so I'm not so sure. But if they hang on to that third seed, he definitely deserves a serious right. consideration. I, I, in my in my opinion, he is a top five MVP candidate for sure right now. Um, if if the voting were to be today, like Paul George easily makes a cut. These numbers are absurd. And he's just so good. You know what's going to help him out? Oh, you're good. Sorry to interrupt you. Is that Anthony Davis is going to fall oh, he's out already of that top falling five. Out. Yeah. He's fallen out. And honestly, LeBron's you're... fallen out. Yeah. True. So, yeah, you insert yeah. you insert PG. Um, I'm not sure who else you'd insert um, if you take both of those guys out. I haven't really thought about it too much. But uh, right now I might even be looking at a Giannis Harden, Paul George um, top three. Interesting. No, no Curry or no, Durant no, no, in there. No. They they win well, finals MVPs. I, they I, don't win regular season MVPs anymore. I don't know, man. Curry hasn't been doing been any. He has not. Out, he has dude. not been playing that well. He he yeah. has cooled off. He yeah, has cooled no, off. They're a not doing bit. anything You're spectacular. Right. Like this is spectacular. Like Paul George's numbers are spectacular. Steph Curry's he he suffers because he's on too good of a team, and he's not going to win MVP because of it. Yeah, okay, yeah, next I, I, year, can, I can see that. Next it year, turns, though, yeah. when Kevin Durant goes to New York, it might be a different story for Steph Curry. <laughs> I want to see Kevin Durant lead his own team because that man should be averaging like 35 <laughs> oh, totally. points a game. Something crazy, like yeah, 30, that's 36. What, like, yeah, that's what I've, that's my crazy. dream this whole time. But get them on different teams, get Klay Thompson on a different team, get Draymond Green on a different team, and just see what you do when you're the guy, you know? If you guys if you guys all think you're all-stars, <laughs> let's see how you do it. Let's see, let's see if you can all be Kemba Walker. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I feel like we you can make a whole podcast just on what the effects of that <laughs> yeah. would be on those yeah. teams. But we, I'm yeah, not going to open that can of worms. <laughs> but uh, let's go to sinking teams. <laughs> the new one, talking about Anthony Davis and his Pelicans. They've lost five of the last seven um, with their only wins against the Timberwolves and the Chicago Bulls. I don't know if this is a um, – I guess this is – is this an insult to the Timberwolves? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of is. I mean, 
they they're like not bad but it's not like they're good you know it's not like it was an impressive yeah. win true all right but here's the stat that stands out though is this team has only scored 90 points and 88 points in their last two games despite having anthony davis in their lineup and this is a team that was scoring like what like 130 <laughs> right. points yeah to start when they're the year. full strength it's, it's just hard to see and i mean I mean, we already touched on it so much earlier in the podcast, but there's just no hope for these Pelicans. They're going to keep dropping. Yeah, and here another sinking team is, I hate to have them here, but they deserve to be here. It's the Lakers losing four of their last five, um, and they're three games out of the eighth seed. Um, I think the Clippers have just Mm -hmm. taken that eighth seed here. Um, So they're on this Eastern Conference road trip, and they got a solid win against those Celtics, but... Dang, they just dropped that awful game <laughs> against the Hawks. The 76ers game was a little understandable, uh, but they've got they've got a series, a string of games ahead of them that are going to be tough as nails um, after this all-star break. So hopefully they can regroup themselves and, and protect the protect home court because some of those road games yeah, are going to be and, tough. I mean, their losses um, in their last five games, they're all on the road. Um, so that that's something positive, at least, is that they weren't at home. So they'll get a few home games now that um, I think it was because of the Grammys or something um, why they had to be outside of Staples Center. Right. But hopefully getting back in Staples Center will revitalize them. Hopefully the all-star break will revitalize them. Uh, Alonzo Ball comes back. Maybe he is the big reason why they're losing so much. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they they still, yeah. I'm talking about the Grammys. They, yeah, they still have two more road trips. They got the they have the oh. Oscar road trip coming up as it's well. It's tough to be an LA home team, yeah, and then even they if got you do get one. pseudo home games against the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> True. So best performance of the week here is talking about Marvin Bagley in, in that comparison with Jonathan Isaac. Marvin Bagley has just put together some good mm-hmm. performances. 10 for 15 going career high, 32 points and 7 rebounds off the bench against the Phoenix Suns. Marvin Bagley getting the better of that matchup against yeah. DeAndre Aiden here in the yeah, Big Boys of Phoenix. Yeah, that's kind of a Phoenix. statement right there. Number one versus number two pick, and the number two pick coming off the bench outperforms the number one pick. That that's pretty awesome right there. Yeah. I, I like that like underlying story behind that. Yeah, this is a solid group of of guys that have come out of this draft, and it's exciting to see what they're going to do in the next couple of years because. Marvin Bagley hasn't been getting much love, but he's he's really turned the corner here the last couple of weeks right. in terms of his first mm-hmm. year. He's playing really efficient league. basketball, and it's going to be really exciting to see how he does when he finally gets starter minutes when Will Cauley-Stein's finally moved on to another team. Um, and you can actually insert Marvin yeah. Bagley into the role that he needs to be in to perform the best. Um, he's going he's gonna to be really yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, how about Andre Drummond, 12 for 15, 29 points, 20 rebounds, three blocks, Ooh. and a plus 39 in a win against the New York Knicks. Yeah, following wow. that all-star snub, uh, which he did not receive, which you could argue either way, but this man has historically been an all-star caliber player, um, and these are definitely all-star caliber numbers right here. They, these are just absurd. Um, do, do you feel like he got snubbed? Yeah, and he... I do. I th- I feel like it kind of sucks because I think there were a lot of defensive players and big men that uh, I mean, Rudy I wouldn't say there were a lot, but <laughs> notably Drummond yeah. and Gobert are those two guys who just you play hard defense, are solid rebounders, and play a role that's not quite the scoring man role on their team, but yet they play those other roles at such an elite level. 
uh, comparatively to the mm-hmm. rest of the league that it is surprising that you wouldn't you wouldn't add the former defensive player of the year who's who's on his way to potentially winning yeah. it again. You wouldn't add him right. to the All Star team. You wouldn't add Andre Drummond who leads the yeah. league in blocks as well as a, a top top five, I think, in rebounds. He's got to be up there. Right. It's, it's kind of crazy does speak to, to me. the scoring aspect because, I mean, you look at it, I mean, not to hate on D'Angelo Russell, but D'Angelo Russell versus Andre Drummond, who would you rather have on your team right now? Probably Andre Drummond. But because D'Angelo yeah. Russell's a better scorer, he gets the nod in the All-Star game. Yeah, he's a flashy yep. player, and he's put together some good performances, but he's not elite not in any category, I would say, the yeah. way Andre Drummond is an elite rebounder, an elite shot blocker, Rudy Gobert, elite defender, elite shot blocker as well. Uh, one of the best in terms of the pick and roll, and just just playing his role right. really well. And talking well. about players who play their role really well, this next guy, TJ McConnell, had what you, is the dream for guys coming off the bench as a backup point guard. Um, in 19 minutes, six for six shooting, 13 points, three assists, three steals, and zero turnovers and a win over the Lakers. Um, not exactly the most high impact numbers, but I wanted to point it out because this is exactly what you want from TJ McConnell. Like this is the dream scenario. If you're Brett Brown, you're like, okay, TJ, get in there. He gives you everything. Yeah. Yeah. He moves the ball and when he's got a good shot, he shoots it and he, and he puts it in and TJ McConnell has put together performances like this pretty similarly, uh, throughout the year and throughout last year. And, that's why he's got he's got a solid yeah, rotation a on that team. Consistent, hardworking player, and he deserves that recognition. Yeah, yeah. Pascal yeah. Siakam, fifteen for twenty five, career Ooh. high, forty four points and ten rebounds. Despite having Marcus All there by his side, Pascal Siakam doing what he needs to do. And man, this guy just keeps getting better and better for this Where team. Where is this guy gonna be in a few years? Like. Is this a guy that we're going to talk about being one of, like, the stars in the NBA? Because it seems to me like this guy has a really odd ceiling. It's just hard to evaluate how good he can be because I don't really understand his, like, what his niche is, you know? Like, he's just good at everything. Yeah, that's what I, you know, we were just talking about Andre Drummond. He's not an Andre Drummond guy. He's not a Giannis guy. He kind of just has his own super athletic. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that can guard game. four like, different positions and apparently can score forty-four points in a game. Like that—that that is not a number that a lot of NBA players can get to in their career. Right. Um, he's twenty-four, so historically he still hasn't really hit right. his prime yet when you look at a, when you would call a player in his prime usually between 25 to 28 so he's getting closer to it so let's see where this guy goes and here's an interesting thing if he keeps getting better perhaps his biggest victory is convincing Kawhi Leonard to stay in Toronto <laughs> yeah. alongside him and no for the real that's, that's a huge sell it's like dude you could have a super team right here in Toronto you don't need to go to LA to form that right but talking about Giannis, here he comes out with his crazy uh, performance. 33 points, 19 <sighs> rebounds, and 11 assists, a triple-double. Two steals and a block as well to add to that in a win against the Pacers. Giannis is that just going to Giannis, man. a ridiculous triple-double. Like, oh, man. <laughs> That's why he's the leading MVP candidate. Is I mean, yeah, sure, Russell Westbrook puts up triple-doubles, but not this kind of triple-double um, very often. Definitely yeah. not this season. 
Um, and Giannis just makes it look so easy, man. Exactly. That's why this man is also a team captain. So we'll see what he does on the all-star break. But before we talk about that, let's go quickly over some of the worst <laughs> performances of the week. Shabazz Napier, uh, 12 minutes, 0 for 5 for 0 points, 1 assist, 1 rebound, and 2 turnovers in the loss against the Chicago Bulls. Is it safe to say Chris Dunn <laughs> shut this man down? It's safe to say I forgot which team this guy plays for <laughs> since I wrote that. <laughs> Is he a net? I don't remember. Uh, was he? He got traded, uh, right? From the maybe? Nets? He got traded? I don't even remember that. Did we talk about that? I th- but he was on the Portland uh, Trailblazers. Anyways. Well, yeah, that, that uh, is a bad performance for whatever team he plays for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so oh, he okay. plays for the Nets he's, he's net. back on the All Nets right. so he's on the Nets yeah. now that's that's not good get well, Carice Levert back in there get this man out yeah and uh, you have to put this guy in here unfortunately Anthony yeah. we've talked a lot about Anthony Davis this podcast he deserves but last this time, worst performance of the yeah. week right here <laughs> 24 minutes 1 for 9 3 points and 6 rebounds in a blowout loss Against the it's magic. It's not okay for Anthony Davis to put numbers like this up. And ever. He can never do this. <laughs> this is not okay. So, I'm not sure if I mentioned this already. I th- maybe I did. But the, this is his lowest scoring output of his entire career when he's logged more than 20 minutes. I'm not surprised. Minutes. It's three points. <laughs> At least he's never <laughs> scored zero, I guess. But, man. Awful. True. Is it crazy to think Isaiah Thomas scored more tonight <laughs> after not playing professional basketball for yeah, over a year? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a great stat. Yeah. How about the Boston Celtics? Oh, you want to talk oh, about BLA? <laughs> How about you lose to one LA team and then you come back and lose yeah, to the next both, one? In both games, having a 25-plus point lead at some point in the game, and they choke it away both times. That has got to be the most demoralizing string of games you could possibly have as a team. Like, I don't know what's wrong with Boston right now. I will say the the game against the Lakers, well, they got lucky. Like, that ball fell perfectly <laughs> hey, into the hands what, of Rondale. Luck, luck like, or not, dude, what happened happened. The Lakers won that game, and... Mind you, that was an epic play. I was screaming when that happened. That was so insane. Like, that was pretty lucky. And, I mean, the Lakers just put together some good shots. Uh, LeBron from the corner. Kyle Kuzma from the uh, the right wing oh, with man. that three-pointer just from there. Big shot after big shot, man. And then, yeah. I mean, I guess Brandon Ingram did get fouled there with all Horford going for the block. Ball don't the, lie. The fact that the ball, ball just went lie. perfectly. <laughs> true. Yeah, they need to That's figure true, out so. what they did in the Celtics uh, game and channel some of that energy. Yeah, exactly. So Boston. And, and against the, Boston, against the tanking, quote-unquote, tanking Clippers team when they were up by 28 points yeah. and somehow they let Landry Shamit get the better of them. Man, Landry Shamit was just making three after three in the fourth quarter. They could not stop him, or they couldn't stop Lou Williams, or any of the Clippers, really. It was Vita Zubach, uh, man. Oh. Yeah. Or the other former yeah. Celtic, no, Avery no, Bradley. No, Avery Bradley was gone. Yeah, he's on oh, the Grizzlies now. 
Yep. Yeah. Oh, Garrett, that's Garrett where he Temple. Went off. Garrett uh, Temple. Totally... Michael Green. Yeah. Well, Garrett like, Temple. How do you lose after that? I don't care if Kyrie Irving got hurt. You were up by 28 points. Yeah. Anyways, to close the podcast off, this weekend is the 68th All Star Weekend, and honestly, I'm not that excited <laughs> about it. Uh, is it a big deal or is it forgetful? I kind of want to lean against yeah. that it's forgetful. And I hate to be the guy that says this because it annoys me when people say this is say when that something just isn't the way it used to be. And because sometimes it doesn't make sense to me because sometimes things do stay the same. It's just you're getting older and you're just getting (laughs) grumpier and bitter. And I hate to think of myself (laughs) that way. But I kind of want to say that it's just for me, also, Rican isn't quite what it Mm. used to be. Um, So I will probably pass on the All-Star Weekend unless Bucks co-owner Mark Larcy is going to get on the court and <laughs> against yeah. Adam Silver, and for, they're going to forget about this fight yes. and just play it on the court. Yeah. yeah. Outside of that, I think I'm going to pass. How about you, Sean? Are you are you agreeing with I mean, me? I the reason I I'm not going to watch it is because I'm going to a wedding this weekend. Um, that's like the main reason. But, I mean, like, like you <laughs> said, though, I am not as interested as I normally would be there, there needs to be some sort of switch up with the format. They just need to do some something more interesting than like standard celebrity game dunk contest, which has lost its luster. Definitely, um, the creativity is just not there anymore. Three point contest, I don't care. They don't have Davis Bertans in there, so it's a joke. And then, <laughs> like, I don't know the All Star game. They they don't try. They don't want to get hurt. I understand that. So there needs to be some sort of format switch where they just do some silly stuff. Like if you see NBA players doing silly things like, I don't know, playing against each other on like a, ah, that's not worth the TV. I I don't know. Like dodgeball, like (laughs) the pro bowl, the NFL pro bowl, I think was doing the best when they had the skills challenge where they have like the wide receivers catching the balls at different angles and the quarterbacks throwing it um, through crazy obstacles. And then they have this dodgeball game of like, um, AFC versus NFC and those are the most interesting parts of the Pro Bowl for me so if the NBA can incorporate something like that into their all-star game stuff then I might be more interested that would be insane could you imagine how the leap some of these guys would make to <laughs> yeah, toss <dude>. the dodgeball <laughs> like you could like you're talking like wow that'd be insane like 36 <laughs> inches just to dodge a dodgeball but that's an interesting idea but yeah I mean when I mean, for for most, the marquee event of Saturday, of course, will be the duck contest. But when you look at the dunk contest, you got Dennis Smith Jr. You got Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges yeah. is okay. Uh, I don't know who this guy is. Uh, Can you help me pronounce this man's <laughs> name here, Sean? Hamadou Diallo. Hamadou Diallo of Oklahoma City and John Collins. So, to me, the the big name, the two big names is John Collins and Dennis Smith Jr., but Dennis Smith Jr. just got traded. Oh, that doesn't affect um, his dunking ability. So, <laughs> but, I mean, he loses the he loses his owed, his fans, his those hometown fans of Dallas. Yeah, like, that's they don't true. So now now the Knicks have an all-star, which they definitely didn't have before. Right, but the problem here with the dunk contest is the same as it's always been for me. It's that I know who, I know John Collins and I know Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Miles Bridges, but I bet like 90, maybe not 90, maybe 75% of NBA fans don't yeah. know who these no, guys I, are. I would venture to say 90-something percent. 
Like, that, that's totally true. And I mean, that's we, we've talked about this before. It's like, we need Russell Westbrook. We need Giannis. We need freaking, I don't yeah. care, put Bobin in there. Like, put someone more interesting in there than just, like, a bunch of one, two-year-old players. Yeah, it, the dunk contest is starting to feel the like the Frost off. game. Yeah, like, um. they, they took away the Frost off <laughs> yes. game, sort of, and turned it, like, USA versus the world of just young players. But it's like, yeah, yeah, this is now just fresh chop added on, you know? Yeah, exactly. You got the freshmen versus the sophomores, and which is fun. It's cool, but yeah, it's not, I mean, yeah, we want to see the best the players out there. And, yeah, exactly. So at the end of it, my point being is I'm going to be sitting out this All-Star weekend. Won't be tuning in. Might tune in for the All-Star game. Um, and it sounds like Sean, you'll be doing yeah. the same. So hopefully. Hopefully we get through these next days and get to the all-star break and start talking about whether the Lakers 6% <laughs> chance of making the playoffs is actually right, realistic yeah. or well, not. It, I think it'll become very apparent um, by the end of February. Yeah, I think so. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget to check us out week in and week out and subscribe and like us on social media. And um, check us out um, as we record next week and we introduce these teams to the final stretch yes, of their season. Have a good week, everybody.